Welcome back to another episode of the Scozzy Football Podcast. I think I've tried every room in this house in Sydney. And I think this is probably acoustically the best. Nonetheless, it's been a fascinating week in Scottish football. In fact, there's so much to talk about that we might not have enough time to talk about it. So I should probably stop talking. The Malamu, Kyogo Furuhashi, Dundee United, Motherwell, and Galatasaray. Anthony Maguire is in Perth. I live in Sydney. It is. We're in the lockdown thing and you're doing the open mic, open world thing. How's it going? I'm very well, mate. And to be honest, if we didn't find a room in your flat to broadcast from, I think you would be putting a, a duvet cover over your head uh, <laughs> to muffle the sound. But there's probably a few Rangers supporters with duvet covers over their heads at the moment. Um Wow, what 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 a week! What a difference a week makes in Scottish football. Celtic are world beaters again, and Rangers three losses from three matches with fans in the stadium. And wow, crashing out of Europe last night, two one to Malmo. Um, oh, nice one! <laughs> uh, you couldn't you couldn't strip it. I mean, Rangers go one nil up at halftime. Uh, Alfredo Morelos with a, a decent header. Remember um, him? Yeah, he's back. Uh, and then, controversially, I think the Malamo. Um, you said uh, Malamo. You said Malamo. <laughs> Ma- Malamo defender, whose name surname is actually Innocence. Uh, not, not, not so innocent. But I think he was a bit hard done by in a challenge with Connor Dawson. I thought Connor Dawson got a little bit more of him than he got of uh, Connor. Uh, second yellow card sent off. Uh, the the Malamo bench going mental. Rangers fans thinking, oh my God, it's in the bag. Just like come out and store some goals in the second half. And Malmo put two past Rangers. And the mind games, the mind games beforehand were absolutely spot on. Like John Dal Thomason, um, Danish International or ex Danish International, who I didn't realize was the coach of Malmo, um, saying before the game that, you know, that, that, that Rangers needed the Champions League money. And and then the the guys doing the 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 huddle on the park, a la Celtic, which is actually like a kind of time honoured thing that that's gone on since finer days with Pierre Van Oudonk. Um But also uh, wearing the blue shirts, bringing the blue shirts, and saying actually these are the only shirts that we've got available to us. And then Rangers having to wear their new third kit. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's shit hosiery of the highest order. And I approve. Um, yeah, <laughs> couple of, Tim. A couple of a couple of points there. I mean, a the uh, the manager for Malmo. Uh, he reminds me he sounds so much like Mads Mikkelsen in Casino Royale. He's just got that. He is that that, that standy villainous Bond villain voice. Um, absolutely brilliant. Before you go any further, he is in an amazing film, um, the name of which escapes me for the moment, which was made um, in Denmark, and it's about school teachers um, going and getting pished. Yes. And yes, yes. have you seen it? It's yeah, absolutely it's it's very brilliant. quality, yes. Uh, I'll, I will get back to you on the uh, on what, on what, what the name of that is. Um, and, uh, and, and Rangers having to wear this hideous third kit, and this is a Celtic supporter who bought the Celtic third kit from a few seasons ago, the silver and, and magenta number, which Celtic never actually wore 
all seasons. So I've got the only kit that they've never actually worn in about 20 seasons. So Congratulations, is, and I wonder that, why. And I wonder why, and I have to say this kit's worse. I can see the kit they were basing it on, but Castori have done an absolute hatchet job on that. And that just compounds what was a miserable night for Celtic, uh, sorry, for Rangers fans. Locked out the stadium, thousands of supporters unable to get in before the game. The cards wouldn't, wouldn't let them into the stadium. Even the free Wi-Fi wasn't working. Absolute calamity at Ibrooks last night. Oh dear, free Wi-Fi at Ibrooks. Jeez, that is really... What a tricky night for them all. And it followed on from a really tricky weekend as a Dundee United fan, as you know. Um, always, always amazing. The um, Rangers um, coming to Tanadichi and uh, being not necessarily outplayed, but certainly outclassed. Charlie Mulgrew had a really good game, and uh, it was really lovely to see uh, United perhaps smiting them. I know we're kind of diversely drawing from our European narrative at that particular point, but I was really happy to see Jamie Robson, who may not be at United that much longer. Um, but a 40-match unbeaten run in the Scottish Premiership and Dundee United were the team to finish. Well, we mea culpa because there's a couple of things here. Obviously, I tipped Rangers to romp it at Tannadice. I thought Dundee United, after their opening uh, game of the season, thought they had absolutely no chance. And then I find out that uh, Lauren Shankland, who today has signed for Bershots in the Belgian Premier League, Nice wee bit of business for United as well. I think yeah, it's a yeah, million in yeah. the bank. Or, well, that, it may not a million in the bank straight away, but, but we are skint. Uh, probably maybe not as skint as some other clubs in Scotland. I, <laughs> I was going to say that got announced, that broke about an hour or so before the start of the game. And I may have sent a cheeky wee tweet to Richard saying that Denis United were foot. Um, so <laughs> I, I happily walk that back because they put a performance in for the ages. The, the Tanadichi fans were going absolutely rapturous after that goal went in. Great they atmosphere. thoroughly deserved it. Charlie Mulgrew and his Zimmer frame, absolutely immense. Um, defending, throwing themselves at absolutely everything. And Rangers had no answer. They were sluggish. And that warning signs for Malmo were, were there on the weekend. Um, you know, he... Stephen Jarrod really needed to jig the changes and really jazz the team up a bit, and it just did not happen. Well, they were missing Joe Rebo, and Joe Rebo was the only guy who looked like he was going to create anything at United at the weekend. Um, really, quality. I mean, Aribo, I, I mean, we talked about this all last season. I really like Joe Rebo. I think he's an excellent footballer. He makes space where there is none. And there were a couple of opportunities that he created that actually Alfredo Morelos, had he not been training in a car park outside the Glasgow Hotel for the <laughs> fortnight prior to the United game, may have put away. However, that was not to be, and uh, I really kind of feel it can be United. I'm so, so happy for so many United fans that were just, you know, it was a really, really good day out. And um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And, and, and interesting to see that, that um, Tam has changed his name to Thomas now. He's very officially Thomas. <laughs> uh, none of those Tam quotes, you know, I'm Thomas. Anyway, who cares? Moving on the, from that. Uh, um, the, Kyogo, the, electric, electric Celtic. Uh, I have to say that was very exciting following, you know, that kind of particular game of the weekend. I, I don't want to, um, like, you know, I don't want to, you know, I, I appreciate your hoops legend type following, Antonio, but I want to interrupt your flow of ripping into Rangers. Um, Kyogo, very exciting. Probably... 
one of the most exciting prospects we've seen in Scottish football for a long time. And and Postacoglu coming from Japan, and who knew what a difference a week makes? Look, um, that performance, I mean, for your home debut, um, he's still not really, he doesn't speak, hardly speaks English, still getting used to training with the team, let alone playing with the team, to put in a performance like that. I mean, to be honest, he could have had three goals in about 27 minutes. He, he missed, he spurned an early chance with Tom Rogic, stored two, and then scored an absolute brilliant goal uh, laid on by a look-away pass from Ryan Christie, who looks absolutely reborn under yeah. Ange Postacoglu. He looks a yeah. different player. Looks fabulous player. Meg. Fabulous yeah. Meg before the, uh, yeah. the, kind of the second goal. Yeah. So, I mean, as much as you know, Kyogre steals the headlines because he was making all these fantastic runs off the ball, he still needs the service. And he was aptly provided by Christie, Abada, Rogic, who made his first start in God knows how long. And actually looked quite good, and even managed to get on the store sheet himself. Um, right, David Turnbull looked looked a lot more like his usual self, and Callum McGregor obviously his usual his usual best. And the Scottish Cafu or the Glaswegian Cafu, uh, Anthony Ralston again. With another absolute world ever goal. I mean, <laughs> strikers would be like absolutely they'd be they'd be thinking that was a great goal, and and he's popped up again. So I mean, fair play the boy. I mean, he's. He's made it really hard for whoever this right back at Celtic, if ever great sign ones, going to come in. He's they've got a fight in their hands because the the guy's all all passion, all energy. He gives you hundred and ten percent. So you can't ask for more than that. He's been around Celtic for quite a long time. Um, having said that, Kyogo was in relatively good company at Kobe. Um, Andreas Iniesta. Uh, was his supporting midfielder and David Villa might have taught him a thing or two in the couple of years prior to um, him leaving Kobe uh, and Vermeulen, uh, Vermeulen the, the Belgian central defender um, also playing in Kobe uh, interesting that Ange Postacoglu coming over from Japan and nobody knowing anything about him in Glasgow and uh, you and I knowing quite a bit about him um, following his Brisbane roar um, attacking football, pressing football, you know he's he's got some of the high energy. Fascinating to see some of that kind of mapping into Scottish football. Very, very entertaining. Very well, entertaining. I, all I all I'd say is it's the it's the first time in a long time that I've seen Celtic play ninety minutes. Because normally Celtic would would sort of drop off or two three nil. Yep, sharp shop. That that will do sort of thing. But they honestly were going for the jugular and. You, know, you end up feeling a bit sorry for Ndidi in the end because then there'll be a man sent off near the end. You. Um, Aye, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm like, yeah. Like they, 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 I mean, they were always going to get stuffed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, another another round is the name of that movie, by the way, with Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, my I word. Highly That's recommend it. Most impressive. Uh, Galatasaray and Ali McCann. Uh, St. Johnson going. And we missed this last week on the pod, and I'm so sorry because, you know, we are very passionate St. Johnson followers. Uh, Ali McCann breaking up all of the play in midfield and uh, done uh, um, St. Johnson getting a decent result in, in Turkey. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, they, they went 1-0 up, um, scored the penalty um, and then unfortunately conceded really quickly after after going one up. Unfortunately, if they just maybe held it for 5-10 minutes and settled the steady of the ship, you never know. They might have come away with a famous victory, but to keep it at one each away from home to bring it back to McDermott Park, you know, like you never know. Like dare you dream. I mean, the the defensively they're they're rock solid. 
and Galatasaray are going to have to bring their A game to break them down. And that's that's so yeah, fun. It's great, a great story. Galatasaray bringing their A game to break down St Johnson at McDermott Park. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, they did pretty well as well at the weekend, uh, albeit that um, Tony Watt scored unmarked and and spanked the ball in when it looked like all was going to be kind of swimming. But they must have been tired following the flight back from Galatasaray. This They're- is <laughs> this is what's going to bite St. Johnson up and to to a certain degree is if they manage to somehow get past Galatasaray. It's a big if, but if they manage to do it and they're still in Europe. Their league form is going to suffer. Uh, they do not have the depth to be able to make the changes for the like games. And then obviously, um, uh, your man's going to have to make pri- who's what's he going to prioritize? Is he prioritizing Europe? Is Callum. he prioritizing the the league? Um, Callum Davison, sorry, I just slipped my mind for a second there. Um, it's a hard one. Like, what does he do? Like, you know, he hasn't got the depth. He can maybe make two or three changes, maybe four changes, but that's pretty much it. So it's hard. So I, I do again. I feel for them. It's, it's the success is great, and the fact they've got a glamour tie against Galatasaray is wonderful. And the other thing I'll say, fair play to St. Johnson here. They could have cashed in on this, but they chose to let their season ticket holders come in for free as reward for supporting them last season and not being able to get into the ground at all last season. So Celtic yeah. could have taken a leaf out of their book with Jablonek on the same on at the same time, but they didn't. They chose to charge the fans £19. But St. Johnson, fair play, that's a that's a really nice move. And it probably guarantees them a full house against Galatasaray uh Thursday night, Friday morning. Brilliant. Um the other game I really enjoyed at the weekend um was Hearts. They are going really quite well at the top of the league. They they smashed St. Mirren away from home. Uh, Liam Boyce, the ex-Werder Bremen. Uh, you always forget all these kind of connections, but Werder Bremen um, was where Liam Boyce actually probably learned his football. And, you know, good win. Yeah, good win. I mean, I think the thing that really capped that off for St. Johnson was the fact that Sorry, St. Johnson, absent Murn was the fact that Christian Dennis with a needless red card right at the end. Did you see that? He stuck the elbow. Yeah, yeah. That oh, was terrible. I mean, yeah. what's he what's he thinking there? Yeah. Um yeah, I mean hearts are hearts are off to a flyer, and I might have to readjust my my tips as we go through the season. But at the moment, so far so good for uh uh Robbie Nielsen and his charges. Um Hibs, absolutely no problems whatsoever. Three 0 up by halftime. Absolutely pummeling Ross County. Uh, Ross County, as I said, all sorts of trouble. Um, they they they're the only team in the Premier League not to score a goal as of yet. Um, plain sailing. Uh, didn't look very fatigued from playing midweek. The, a one all draw with uh, Rija Rija Rija. Rijeka. 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 Rijeka from Croatia. Riga's Riga, the Icelandic Riga, team. No, Riga, yeah. Riga's the, uh, that's, oh my goodness, that's Lithuania. Is it? Skonto okay. Riga, that. Close, somewhere, close, uh, over close, there, somewhere. Close. Yeah. Um, Australia, mate. <laughs> I know, we're pre- pretty much, oh, Europe. Oh, yes, over there, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, so Hibs have got it all to do um, in the Europa League. Uh, sorry. Europa or Conference League qualifier this week, so they have to fly out to Croatia uh, to get their uh, to, to hopefully get the win. Uh, big uh, Jack Ross um, not uh, being too um, shy and saying that he reckons that they've got the firepower to go over there and get the job done, and they kind of felt that they just left 
a bit of finishing in that European game at home. So they figure they've got the, the, the Arsenal to go over there and uh, finish the job. Totally good. Hopefully it's not too hot in Europa for the Hibs guys, otherwise they'll get terribly sunburned. Aberdeen uh, did well. Uh, they went on one away in Iceland. I, I actually haven't seen that game. Are, are you party to any of the information on that? Only that it was 3-2 against Bledbeck. Um So again, they carry a slender lead into the home, home tie. Um, that did bleed into their fixture against Livingston on the weekend where I did predict a tight game because Livingston are their bogey team or had been in the past. And it took a 94th minute howler from oh. Maximilian Stryak. He makes Vasilis Bartis look like Andy Gorham. Um, <laughs> uh, letting one through his hands, the, the fullback for Aberdeen, his name escapes me at the moment, couldn't believe his luck. And uh, it even sent the crowd into raptures as Aberdeen supporters invaded the pitch. So that's the first pitch invasion for the season over and done with as well. So. Aberdeen, Aberdeen fans and passion. Who knew? Uh, actually, interesting point there. It looks like Celtic really did lose faith in both of their goalkeepers. And in fact, Rangers lost faith in, um, we can't possibly call him, what they would normally call him by his nickname, but John McLaughlin did a couple of games before Alan McGregor coming back for the game last night and, and not necessarily performing as well as one would have expected. Yeah, he, he was beaten rather easily for the two goals. And I kind of thought if he'd stretched a little bit further, he might have got a fingertip to at least the first goal. I thought he was, it was a bit, a bit late. Well, he, he obviously thought he covered his goal, but he, he hadn't. But, uh, but yeah, interesting that John McLaughlin um, had been playing prior to that. Interesting that their new signing, um, can't remember his name now. Uh, come back to me. He did a wee pre-match um, interview either for Rangers TV or Sky on before the Dundee United game and mentioned that Rangers had a few COVID issues in the preseason, oh. which never got reported oh. by um, any mainstream media outlets. Right. So it's a bit interesting, and I'm curious to maybe go back and have a wee look through the team sheets just to see who was absent um, in those preseason matches, because they, they he seemed to think there was a bit of disruption in their preparations, but needless to say, nothing came out at any point through any of the mainstream media about that. So that that is quite interesting, and maybe feeds into a larger narrative of Rangers charging uh, media outlets twenty five grand to come yes. to do uh, pressers and stuff like that, which I find absolutely abhorrent. Well, interestingly uh, enough, lots of them are not doing it. Like, you know, no. a lot of them are just saying, but even the mainstream media are going like, no, um, we're not going to pay that. And, and you know, the, the marketing, there's a whole bunch of stuff coming out of Ibrox at the moment, which is... Well, is, the, whole thing know, we, the whole thing we cinch as well and yeah. the refusing to put the sponsorship, the league sponsor on your strip. And it's just like they're, they're, they're picking the fights siege. left, right and centre at the moment. Siege mentality and... It's like, let's be outraged about something. And yeah, quite frankly, they're, they're turning into the most hated team in Scotland. Um, and that's not a bit of Celtic fan. That's just like, <laughs> but like, honestly, like who who's going to put up with that? Who thinks that that's okay? Like nobody, um, apart from maybe Rangers supporters. And even like, some of them are starting to think, scratch their head. And if I was Steven Gerrard, I must be thinking, why am I presenting to some fan media in Sky Sports? Like, where's all the journalists? Like, how's that? It's, it's, it's like a tin pot nation it's just 
it's ridiculous. I it haven't is. actually seen any of those particular interactions, but it is a wee bit odd. Um, and, and I do find it odd that they've chosen to go down that route. Not that we would be allowed in that inner sanctum anyway, and we're certainly going to pay 25 grand to do it. But, you know, I think that it's very strange to see, um, you know, an organisation which probably requires a good degree of marketing beyond that, which is the kind of Glasgow inner sanctum. And, and, you know, frankly, that's how you market the product. And and I think that um, to have their chief executive saying that, you know, it's really cheap and 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 the, the deal that they've been given from Sky has been, you know, nothing compared to what the rest of football is getting. And then on the other hand, absolutely shooting themselves in the foot in terms of their uh, marketing ability and, and ability to to grow the awareness and so on and so forth. There is, you know, I, I, look, it's a bigger picture thing. There's always been a paranoia about Rangers since they had the whole kind of relegation thing. Everyone's against them and we all are, blah, blah, blah. It is utterly self-inflicted. And the sooner they get over that, the better. Well, they've, if they're worried about money, they've just shot themselves in the foot no making it into the Champions League last night either. Right, that's, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Okay, that's gratuitous. And that's we had that one several times. Yeah, aye, very good. So they're playing Dunfermline Athletic on Friday in the League Cup. What do you think? A cheeky one note in Dunfermline. No, um, <laughs> I fully expect Rangers to bounce back. I'm not, I'm not going to be that bitter and petty and ill-informed. Um, yes, they they, sh- they should have more than enough to to deal with them firmly, and, and a, a fourth straight defeat in the row would be like I think Ibrox would be on fire if that was to happen. So that is not possible. So Global I'm going to say in the West I'm going to say two, 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 two nil. Very good. Air United, who I think have got one of the classiest uh, home strips. Have a wee look at it. It's uh, made by the Danish manufacturers, Humo. Uh, it's got nice little black and white sort of horizontal stripes. I really do think it looks quite cool, just saying. Not that you know I would buy any kit that I could possibly, but I might have a history of this, but I won't go into it. But they're playing Dundee United, and, uh, and, and they're, Air United have got probably one of the most ramshackle stadiums but it creates a fabulous atmosphere and the Air United fans are brilliant when they get going it's on Saturday 3 o'clock at Somerset um, that might be quite tight I, I was thinking I was thinking that I think maybe 2-1 to D United just to edge it, I think they'll be riding high um, on on last week's win in the league so I'm going to say 2-1 to D United but in a, in a close, closely run thing Right, I'm going to give you 4-0 United, but um, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Um, Dundee, you're playing Motherwell. Uh, I think Motherwell have started reasonably well. Um, they, they've got a couple of really interesting new signings, um, including Kevin Van Veen, who was a, a product of PSV Eindhoven School, um, has played in a couple of really difficult leagues in England um, after being in, in Holland for a few years and, and and scores a lot of goals. I'm quite optimistic about him and also the fact that Tony Watt scored one of the goals of the season against St. Johnson last weekend. Uh, Dundee, a bit of a shaky start. I think this one has a draw written all over it. I think both teams sort of struggling a bit. Uh, early doors so I, I think a one each and then 
are we getting replays? Are we doing extra time? Do we no, know what extra the format time is? Penalties, I might say Dundee in uh, in penalties just be contra- not controversial, but just I think I just think it's going to be neck and neck with these two. It's really going to be a bit of a, a slug, slug slug out to see who can get over the line. Jolly good. The first the classical plastical Livingston versus St Mirren uh, is go- oh actually St Mirren have got proper grass pitch, don't they? Do they? Yeah, they're not plastic. No, yeah. no, St. Mirren's grass, but Livingston's Aye. not. No, that's right. So, okay. Tony Macaroni, uh, Livingston versus St. Mirren. Um, i got to say, St. Mirren always think they're going to be better than they've been for quite a wee while. Yeah, well, I mean, they'll have the home the home advantage. Um, St. Mirren not really got off to the, the, the starts I sort of thought they might have done. Um, Livingston still looking patchy. Ugh, again... I'm not. Really, I can see this being a draw and dragging into extra time. Um, oh God, you're so uh, like, uh, uh, These these sorts of games, though, they're like they flip a coin. I mean, really, really is. I'll, I'll say St Johnson in extra time, but not not convincingly. We should start doing treble bets actually, because it'll be good fun, and and then we can see how it all maps out from there. Wraith Rovers are playing Aberdeen. Uh, can't see anyone winning other than Aberdeen. I love Wraith Rovers ground. I've been there a couple of times. It's right by the railway line, and you can actually see the ground if you if you time it on the train. Um, you can actually see goals going in as you kind of get past on the train, <laughs> looking into Wraith Rovers ground. But that said, it's uh, well, you know, I I think Aberdeen. Quite classy early doors. Yeah, no, they're looking the in the business. Um, I, I like the centre forward up front. He looks like he, he knows where the goals are. So they met the uh, I would say Aussie boy, the American boy, um, Christian Ramirez. Um, I, I, I again they'll be playing midweek and then having to back it up on Sunday. But they are playing at home midweek, so I think they've got enough to 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 see Wraith Rovers out. So I'll say two um, 0 and a comfortable comfortable victory. I would have a, a sudden kind of flashback American soccer guy in the Aberdeens. I, I can't remember what they call them. Is it the kind of sheepies of the north? Or I, anyway, <laughs> I'm sure we'll have a discussion about it next week. The Rams, um, yeah, the Rams, the Rams. yeah, the Aberdeen Rams. Um, our both are playing St Johnson. Our both, bloody hell, what a great ground! That's one of my favourite places to go and watch football. It is right on the North Sea. Uh, it is windswept. Is this the one where the ball can just go straight up in the air if the yes. wind's blowing in the right direction? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's an astonishing place to watch football. And it's not one of these kind of places you've got kind of banks of stands. You know, it's got a crowd of 6,000. Um, but yeah, I think St. Johnson will still beat them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I guess a lot of, a lot will ride on how St. Johnson go against Galatasaray. Yeah, very uh, good. What sort, of, what sort of mindset they're in. But um, they right. should have enough to do the business. Hibs playing Killy. Killy going all right in their kind of new division, but uh, Hibs looking absolutely superlative. Uh, got to take them for their home win on Sunday. Yeah, I think so. I they'll be a, they might be a bit jet lagged, but I think there's enough in the squad there to rotate and and get enough to get through to the next round of the cup. And Celtic have got hearts at Celtic Park, and if they play like they did the other day, I cannot see them repeating the defeats that they incurred. Uh, the other week at Town Castle, that it's almost like literally, as you said at the top, a week changes everything. Yeah, I think uh, I think Celtic at Celtic part that extra space makes a big difference, and so will fifty thousand supporters. So, um, yeah, Celtic comfortably. 
Jolly good. So f- um, all the games on KO, uh, Rangers, Dunfermline Athletic on Friday night, um, Sunday, Wraith Rovers, Aberdeen, um, believe it or not, who knows why they chose that game, uh, and Celtic versus Hearts later on in the day. Antonio, final thoughts? If the SPFL have any brains at all, they will be marketing Kyogo Furuhashi to Japan and market in the SPFL as a league as much as they possibly can. Interestingly enough, if you look through Celtic videos on YouTube, the most watched videos, seven of the top ten, are videos of... Kyogo Furuhashi. No. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Correct. So massive following seeing Japanese players do well overseas. So there is massive potential for Kyogo to be as big a star potentially. So I really think if the SPFL were smart, I'm not saying they are smart, but I'm saying if they were smart, they'd figure out some way to market the hell out of that. Interesting. I actually remember going to Celtic Park as a United fan and uh, when we got pumped 6-0, I may add, and uh, lots of Japanese people being there. And you know they'd be hanging around the outside, outside the group, like like tourists who would be in Glasgow and who would go to the stadium because Nakamura was was there. Um, my final thought is actually about Lionel Messi, um, who um, very tearfully, God help him, um, left Barcelona, um, wasn't allowed to accept a pay cut more than fifty percent of his current pay, which just shows you how obscene the whole thing has become. He apparently would have taken nothing. Um, but you know, financial fair play from UEFA mm. uh, seems to affect Scottish football less and less these days. And there's a world out there of corporate finance and private equity that is sniffing around and likely to brutalise it. As a football fan, I want you to know that I would far rather go and watch Stenhouse Muir or Arbroath in the howling wind than watch some glossy. South American silky star falling over fairy dust. There you go. What a thought to end on. Thanks for catching up again, Richard. We will do the same thing again next week and a League Cup review, all the action in Europe. You find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. The Strozzi Football Podcast. We'll be back. Thanks, Richard. Tintin. Tin.